Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How good it is to be with you. God bless you. Last week I was gone so much of the week. I'm thrilled to be with you. I hope to not be absent again. I know it's going to happen because I travel once in a while or other things happen, but I'm absolutely thrilled to be with you and I'm grateful for the Station of the Cross and for LifeSite News and um, for all of you who make all of that possible. Um, I think uh, what we'll do maybe all of this week is we can, if we can, since I was gone most of last week, um, is we will begin to take your calls, your texts, your questions, your emails after the first uh, break instead of after the second. So we'll have, instead of a half hour together for questions, we'll have three quarters of an hour. But I'll begin always with something from the catechism. We need every single day. This is the uh, Baltimore Catechism and uh, number three. And um, we need every day to be learning something new about our faith. Every day something new. And we can do that uh, just by a steady five-minute reading of the scriptures every day. We will learn something new. We could read the same thing over all our lives and all of a sudden um, God will show us something new in it, as if we've never read it before. It's a wonderful thing. And then the catechism as well. We're going through the Baltimore Catechism. If you wish a real a fuller study, uh, we recommend the Catechism Explained by Spirago and Clark. It's the Catechism of Trent. Uh, with commentary that's outstanding. Father Chad Ripperger has recommended it, which is how we got it, and uh, it's just absolutely top. So we'll continue uh, right now with the Baltimore Catechism, and the next question is, um, is God just, holy, and merciful? Merciful. Is God just, holy, and merciful? What do you say? You say, well... The God of the Old Testament was just, the God of the New Testament is merciful, but he's the same God. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Why did he send his son? Because he so loved the world. It's the God of the Old Testament who sent his son. And so only one God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the answer is God is all just, all holy, all merciful as he had as he is infinitely perfect. Why must God, why must God be just as well as merciful? Why do you think? Why must he be just as well as merciful? People say, but why, why does he punish us? Or why does he allow this tragedy? Or why does he, uh, why that, why that, why that? We just want his mercy. We don't want his justice. Um, but the answer is, God must be just as well as merciful because, now here comes the answer, and I'm, I'm saying this almost every day, beloved, because if you teach your children, you homeschool, uh, whatever you're studying, when there's a question asked, let them repeat the question with the answer. 
so that they uh, hear it come together in their minds. Because if they give the wrong answer, and you're going to say, how does that answer the question? And they say, I don't know, what was the question? You see, they should complete, if they begin a sentence with because, to begin with, that's not a sentence. Um, So make sure they take time and say the whole thing. Slow down and put the answer with the question. So, uh, rather the question with the answer. So why must God be just as well as merciful? Now, the question doesn't say, why is God just as well as merciful? It says, why must God be just as well as merciful? And the answer is this. God must be just as well as merciful because... He must fulfill his promise to punish those who merit punishment. And because he cannot be infinite in one perfection without being infinite in all. You know, uh, God is faithful to his promises. And when he tells a disobedient and stubborn people that he will punish them, he must be faithful to that. He's faithful to his promises and his promise to punish He needs to carry that through as well. Next question. Into what sins will the forgetfulness of God's justice lead us? Into what sins will the forgetfulness of God's justice lead us? The answer? Whether you have the answer or not, begin the sentence of the answer. Let's see. Will they lead us into? No. With the question. The forgetfulness of God's justice will lead us into sins. Now that would be into what sins will the forgetfulness of God's justice lead us? And the answer, the forgetfulness of God's justice will lead us into sins of... Now everyone can say that. Every child who knows doesn't even know the answer could say that much. And the last word, which is the answer, is presumption. If we forget God's justice, we will commit sins of presumption. Just to presume, to tell a lie, to steal, to um, um, sin against our neighbor, be disrespectful to parents, um, whatever it may be. God's not going to mind. And you... Excuse me, you may not even have God in mind. And that's what, um, that's what sin, that's what forgetfulness does. Leads us into all kinds of sins of presumption. God won't mind. I didn't mean it. I wasn't thinking of him, but we must. Next question. Into what sins will the forgetfulness of God's mercy lead us? And the answer The forgetfulness of God's mercy will lead us into sins of what? If we forget his mercy, it will lead us into sins of despair. And I said this yesterday. We just reviewed this. We'll go on to the next uh, section now. Um, When we despair, the church says that is mortal sin. We want sympathy when when we despair. But God doesn't give us sympathy Um, it separates us. Our despair is mortal sin that separates us from God. You say, well, where is God's mercy in that? It's that his mercy is there, but we forget it. 
and that's why we despair. I think that's what Judas did. That's what Judas did. Could he have repented? Yes. But he despaired and hung himself. He did not understand the mercy of God. God is a forgiving God, but we must call upon him. Next question. Um, So let me just say, if you are the greatest sinner in the world, stand in line, please. But if you think you're the greatest sinner in the world and you've been sinning against God a hundred years and it's awful and you do it knowingly and willingly and you've confessed it before and you're still sinning and all of a sudden you say, forget it. How many times can I trouble God? How many times can I go to him? Well, what did he say to Peter? We need to forgive not 70, but 70 times 7. God is infinite. 70 times 70. God is infinite. There is no sin. Mother Angelic used to say this. There is no sin that is greater than his mercy. We need to count on his mercy, not presume it, not take it for granted, but come to him with a repentant heart. Next question. What does unity and what does triunity mean? Triunity, we say trinity, but unity, and we put a tri before it. Uh, well, not tri, I, I, I said that. The word is trinity. What does unity and what does trinity mean? Unity means being one. And so you say to your child, what does unity mean? If they say being one, you've got to mark them wrong. They need to put the question in a full statement. Unity means being one. Unity means being one. And Trinity means what? Threefold or three and one. And I've often said we could say Trinity or tri-unity. It's just compacted into Trinity. God is the triune God. He's a trinity, the triune God, three in one, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's only one God, but that God is a triune God, three persons in one God. Can we find an example to fully illustrate the mystery of the blessed trinity? Can we find an example to fully, not to illustrate, but to fully illustrate the mystery of the Blessed Trinity. Now, some are going to say, yes, I've got this scripture and I have that scripture. It shows the Trinity. But the question is, can we find an example to fully illustrate the mystery of the Blessed Trinity? What say thee? What say thou? Well, I think I better give you this answer because we're not going to continue this after the break. We're going to take your questions. We cannot find an example to fully illustrate the mystery of the Blessed Trinity because the mysteries of our holy religion are beyond comparison and beyond understanding. We cannot fully understand God. Call in, beloved, with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And we are now going to go to your calls and your questions and um, emails um, to make up for some time that we didn't, uh, were not able to take them last week. Um, so again, the toll-free number with anything on your heart is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. We have John on the line from Canada. Hi, John. Hello, mother. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Where in Canada are you? Uh, from the Niagara, actually, pretty close to Buffalo. Okay. Yes, very good. Your side of the falls is more beautiful than ours. Well, we definitely have a better view, but yours is quite spectacular on its own. So Yes, good. <laughs> good, John. What's your question, dear one? Well, um, I'd just like to say thanks again for taking the calls and making this a priority. When I heard you, I, I came on right away because um, I think you're an amazing resource and, uh, and a real inspiration to people. And uh, um, I know it's so important to, uh, to become fully formed and to really be catechized, and uh, I think you do a great job with that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. God bless you. Go ahead, David. So in, in my faith uh, journey, I'm realizing the importance of, uh, of catechism, and um, 
We've been practicing natural family planning for a little while now, and uh, we've been getting a lot of questions asked by other families. And um, a lot of the time we keep coming up with kind of the same answer, my wife and I, that uh, through our own fault, we may not have been properly catechized or we don't really know. And to try to encourage people to, to embrace that suffering and to move forward past it. Nice. Um, the first couple years of the natural family planning are, are very difficult. And we have uh, a handful of kids now and we're expecting our fifth and uh, there's a lot of grace in that and um, we're our kids are caring for each other and it's, it's very loving and supportive but there's a lot of work in catechism as well and I feel a lot of us that don't have the early catechism or we might have missed up along the way we carry a lot of the sin baggage with us and natural family planning is in direct contrast to a lot of that I was hoping maybe that you could help us try to look into delving deeper in our own faith to see some gems in that so that we can challenge ourselves like you often challenge us. Uh, John, you say you've been practicing uh, NFP, natural family planning, for a couple of years, and you yet you're on, your, um, your fifth child is on its way, her, his or her way. Um, do you live by natural family planning, or or are there particular reasons why you use natural family planning? I think it was just a, an ownership to try to, to take better control of the situation and to, to take ownership of um, just my wife's fertility, um, but to also make sure that uh, that we're being responsible with things as well. Um, as, as great as the blessing of children are to families, it's also a draw and and I tell myself every night before we go to bed, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. Right. And um, as the family grows, it's definitely becoming easier to really feel that because it's a rejection of the world uh, yeah. by having this many kids. And we're, we're persecuted on a pretty regular basis because of the number. Whenever my wife walks around oh. in public um, and we Help. have four beautiful boys, but it's definitely in contrast to what, what the are their ages? The what are their ages? Our oldest is eight. Uh, we have a, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. Oh, and and just... I'll tell you, the, the real blessing. Sorry, the real blessing is that the two youngest are actually born on Christmas Eve and the twenty-seventh of December. Oh. And so it's uh, we have a lot of birthday cake for Jesus. Uh, and it's just <laughs> yes, how beautiful! How absolutely beautiful! The reason I ask that is that um, natural family planning is, as you know, is simply using. Uh, what God has given us, the cycle of the body um, that God has given to us, to women, um, to, to bear children. And um, the only reason to use, normally now, the reason to use natural family planning, um, I think your situation would be fine. Um, people, if, if, if I just want to say this for other couples, to use natural family planning to hold off on children for a few years so you can buy a house and all of that, that's actually sinful. Um, because when a couple get married, they are to be open to life. Absolutely open to life. Um, go ahead, John. Um, and so, and that's the thing is that um, to try to talk to these young couples, and um, we, we try to meet people in their journey. And and this is why we need you and other religious to make sure that we have the benchmark always set. And the goal is to meet the benchmark and to exceed it. But yes, to meet yes. people in their failings and to try to elevate them to that, and that's to try a- to share with them. 
Sorry, go ahead, Mother. No, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I agree with you all the way. Tell them that's just what God did. God came from heaven to meet us in our failings, in our sin, in our disorder, in our ignorance, all of that to bring us to him. That's what God did, why he sent his son, that we could be forgiven of all that and learn what is right and follow that. And so... um, Whatever you've done, in the, so yes, in your situation, four children, eight and under, with a fifth on the way, um, uh, there there might be reason for your, you know, using natural family planning. What I was saying is usually um, it's only to be used, couples are to be open to life and not plan. In fact, I, I wish natural family planning, I wish the P were procreation instead of planning because we're not really to plan our families. We're to be open to life. However, when there is distress or hardship or sickness or financial burdens or uh, mental burden or anything else where it's very difficult, that's the time really to to call on and rely on natural family planning. But in your situation, um, again, with your fifth child coming under eight, there are people that have 20 children because they never use natural family planning, but everybody is different and no one can judge another one. Um, I would say, dear John, uh, I think you said in, in the beginning that you work ar- walk around with some kind of burden for what you did in the past when you didn't know all this. You've got to not walk around with that. Uh, uh, Peter says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. All we need to do is go to confession. And we're absolved, which I know you've done. We're absolved, and it's done. God says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I uh, thrown your sins from me. Am I off track here? No, I, I think it is. And I think some of our biggest healing has come from just a personal relationship with Christ, but through his ministers as well. And um, because we have so many young boys, it's a, it's a big thing for us to have priests and um, seminarians and deacons yes. around us so we can yes. show them the masculinity of those trades. And, yes. and the power of saying no through our sexuality, I think we really take control of our relationship, myself it's, as a man, but also my wife is a feminine as well. Surely, surely. Um, when you walk through, uh, the, one mother who has 11 children went into a supermarket with all 11 and another woman looked at her and she said, are they all yours? And, and the, the, the mother said, sure they are. And the woman said, that's disgusting. Can you imagine such a thing? And the mother said, she says, why do you do that? Don't you, don't you uh, know how babies are made? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And the, and the mother said, we do it. We love it. <laughs> you know, So um, we like it. Um, don't, be, don't feel persecuted. Um, if people persecute you uh, in your heart, John, do what I do. I say, blessed be God. Thank you, Lord. Because it's whether they consider it a positive or negative witness, you are witnessing God's design. And if they come against it, as Jesus said, they're against him, not you. And so every time, tell your wife as well, say, oh, bless you, Lord. Thank you That's, that this means something to someone. Better for them to come against it than to ignore it. Because then you know you've been a witness. And you can say, these are God's children. Um, and let them say what they want, but they won't forget that example. Oh, like the yeast is to the bread. Um, 
we get absolved and uh, we're still a very important part, but, um, but it's hard to distinguish us uh, except through our faith in the matter of the world. Yes, but in the matter of the world, um, if a lot of children have sin, they're wrong. I mean, it's just not. Um, no. It's just we live in a very, very self-consumed, selfish time. Um, why are you having so many children? Why don't you have just two and then feed the poor? All of that um, is is the devil's talk. It's not, it's not from God at all. Um, so, John, are you and your wife, uh, do you pray together? We do, and um, and uh, she's been, especially through the pandemic, a lot of people staying home right now, and she's uh, really taking a chance to work on the formation of our kids. And, oh, that's um, so great. Absolutely so, so great. I know parents that have done that, and they've gotten excellent books for children, not modern things, but truly um, tremendous books for children. Um, and... Um, uh, and by studying them to teach the children, they've grown in their faith. It's amazing. I know one gentleman who graduated seminary and now uh, is teaching children. And through teaching children, he's first learning his faith that he doesn't understand in seminary. So it's it's important to do that. Am I missing your main question, John? No, Mother, I, I think you've got it. And again, I, I hope just to reference people back to this in your archives and so they can listen in to it again. Okay. Thank you so okay. much. God bless you, dear one, and your wife and your children. God bless you. Um, we have uh, Michelle from Pennsylvania on the line. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Mother. Hi, dear. I talked to you um, a little while ago, and um, I guess it was yesterday, and about my daughter's gay marriage. And um, yes, we only touched upon the fact that my husband and I were different faiths, and that I had left the church temper, you know, and then came to my senses and came back. And now um, that made me think about an incredible amount of guilt that I have about leaving Mm -hmm. and what my culpability is to God. Am I going to go to hell now for doing that even though I came back? No one goes to hell who repents. No one goes to hell who repents. Had Judas repented, he wouldn't have gone to hell. No, the only people that are in hell are unrepentant sinners. Repentant sinners is why Jesus died. And when we repent, we we are restored to life in him. You You will have the effects of that, such as you see in your family now and your children. You, You can't escape that. But um, you are um, uh, you are forgiven, and God wants you to be strong and communicate to your children that um, you didn't give them the upbringing that you should have, um, and for whatever different factors. But you have come back to God and repented, and that's why God came. He came. He said, whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. He came to save sinners for no other reason. Not the righteous, Jesus said, but I came for sinners. Let your daughter know um, that there's forgiveness for her if she will repent for her and her partner, whoever that is, uh, that there's forgiveness. And again, you need to, if you don't accept God's forgiveness, you're rejecting him. Don't go by your feelings, Michelle. Trust the priest who absolves you. I never did ask a priest to absolve me. I never, and now I'm thinking to myself, 
You oh, must. Wow, I never did. You must go to I, confession. I have to call him. Go to confession, uh, and I would ask you to ask the priest to help you do a general confession. You must go to confession. If you don't, then your culpability is high. Okay, we'll be right back, everyone. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And now we have a full half hour. We're jumping in and taking your calls and emails earlier. And I, Michelle from Pennsylvania, I know you're not on the line anymore, but if you're still listening, uh, it was right before the break that you said that you had not been to confession. Now, I don't know what you mean by that. I don't know if you haven't, you said you're back in the church. That, I assume, you went to confession. If you didn't go to confession... You're not back in the church. Your body may be there, but until you go to confession, you may not receive the Holy Eucharist or any of the sacraments. You must go to confession, Michelle. And if you have received the Eucharist and have not gone to confession since you came back to the church, you haven't come back yet. If you have not gone to confession and you have received the Eucharist, you need to confess that as well. And I would say, dear one, and then trust God for his kindness and mercy, but only through that priest who can absolve you because these are, these are grave sins now you're talking about. And so I would establish uh, 
the church doesn't require we go to confession outside of once a year, but I would, I would, I would say for you, um, I would recommend that you go no less, well, everybody, not just you, everybody less than once a month. I would not recommend that anybody go to confession less than once a month. We confess sins of um, commission, things we've done, and omission, things we failed to do. And um, uh, maybe we failed to do a corporal work of mercy that God put right in front of us. That's that's an act of confession for omission. And so um, I think, Michelle, it would be good for you, if you can, to... Um, Get a spiritual director, a holy priest, if you can, but definitely go to confession and make that a holy habit for yourself, confession. Okay. We have Alex on the line from New York. Hello, Alex. Hi, Mona. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Good. Wow, that's you know, that was loud if I jumped. Okay, go ahead, sweetheart. Sorry about that. I'm uh, I'm trying to, I was trying to actually get good reception and it must have worked. So uh, Yeah, I guess it <laughs> um, works great. <laughs> so I had uh, one question about homeschooling, uh, and then actually I just thought of another question that was kind of on the side, and if sure. I have time, I'll ask that. So the Go first ahead. one, I was lis- I was listening to a lot of the uh, the, the pre-recorded um, or previous recordings that got played last week when you were away, and they were talking about the importance of homeschooling for, for Catholic parents. Um, and that made, that made a lot of sense to me, and um, you really explained it very well, so thank you for that. Um, so I guess my question is, I'm actually employed right now as a teacher at a Catholic high school, and I wanted to ask if that was in any way sinful because it's interfering with the vocation of parents and their education for the kids. Now, the the father is the breadwinner of the family. When mm-hmm. when uh, when uh, when a couple homeschools, it's generally the mother, the wife, who is going to do most of the homeschooling. Uh, during the day, the father needs to contribute in the evening. He spends a little time with the children on it, but um, that's generally the mother's job. Is your wife at home? Oh, so I'm I'm actually not married, mother. You're single, I'm, and you're teaching yes. at a school, and what are you asking then? So I, I was wondering if that was uh, in any way sinful to to be a an educator at a school because that might be taking away um, the educational priorities given to given to the parents, and I didn't oh, know if that was in any now way. now I got you. Absolutely not. In fact, I'm grateful for you, because um, with a heart like yours, I think you'd be teaching truth, and there are so many Catholic schools that are anything but Catholic. They're Catholic in name, but they're not Catholic. Um, <clears throat> so if you are truly Catholic and you're teaching in school, um, enabling other parents to work if they have to, or maybe they haven't gotten into homeschooling. I bless God for it. A good Catholic school is fantastic. Um, okay. It's really good. If What I'm saying is that if parents have homeschooled their children right through mm-hmm. uh, elementary school, I would beg them to not send their children out uh, to uh, a high school that they continue to homeschool them up until the children go to college, um, okay. unless it's a very, very, very good school. Okay. Uh, okay then. Um, Tracy from Pennsylvania. Hi, Tracy. 
Are you there, dear one? I wonder. I wonder if Tracy, uh, her, maybe her call dropped. I'm going to take uh, an email, um, and uh, Tracy, if you're if you hear us, uh, give a call back. We would love that. Um, we have an email from Patricia. And Patricia writes, I learned a lot from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I think when memorizing the Catechism, the Bible references should be taught and included. Well, they are. Uh, They are taught and included. Oh, now I don't know if you mean the Baltimore Catechism or our regular Catechism. Um, Patricia says they are all in there. Many times I know something... um, Let's see now. Um, Many times I know something is in the Bible, but I cannot tell you where. It's so much easier to learn uh, when you are young. Just a point of discussion. Well, again, if you are reading um, the regular catechism, the Bible references are there. Uh, They may be in the Baltimore catechism. I haven't seen them in the online version that I'm reading. But I would say absolutely if the, if the, um, if the, uh, what do I want to say here? Um, uh, if the verses are in there, I don't say that you memorize them, but absolutely look them up and read them. Get used to looking the, uh, looking at the Bible and reading the Bible and knowing where it is. You know, as a Protestant for 18 years, um, uh, we memorized everything. We would, someone would say, uh, you know, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and the, and the teacher would say, what's that address? What's the address of that verse? And we'd say John 3.16. Very, very good. Very important. Catholics gave the Bible to the world, and so they should know it more than anyone. Um, I think we have Tracy back. Hi, Tracy. Hello, Mother Miriam. Hi, dear. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I'm, I'm glad you called. Um, I, I'm calling uh, because I've been pondering uh, for some time about doing the consecration to Mary. Excellent. Um, be- before the shutdown, I had uh, gotten a copy of The True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis-Marie Grignon de Montfort from, uh, from our church. Um, but the translation the translation was done by Father Frederick William Faber, D.D., and the copy not was... Not the translation, print- not the translation, the forward. Oh, the forward? Okay, yeah. because I thought that's what they said in the book, was it was the translation. Well, then I missed it, because I have that same version, and the okay. forward is by Father Frederick William Faber. Now, oh, okay. maybe he um, translated well, what, it, but don't worry if he did, it would be good English. Okay, well, because I wanted to know, because um, the, the, the company that printed it was America Needs Fatima. Okay. And there wasn't, they, they didn't have an impromptu or a Neil Obstat on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and, but the, when I looked it up on the internet, the original had both. And yes, I just and was wondering I, if it was still okay to use this version of it. It is okay. Um, I think Tan also publishes it, and it, it could be that the initial copy had the imprimatur uh, and so forth, and when another publisher picks it up, uh, with permission perhaps, uh, that copy doesn't have the imprimatur. I don't know that, but um, 
I America needs Fatima. I I I don't have that version, but uh, it should be if it's true devotion to Mary by Saint Louis de Montfort. It should be the exact same book. Otherwise, it should say revised. Well, I, I know that in in this they have um, at the at the very end they have another author. She she's put little comments on it as to advising as to maybe readings to be done while doing the consecration okay, and other now, prayers to be doing. Okay, so those are comments. Yes. So okay, that's a whole different thing. Now you've got pretty much a workbook there, um, yes. which is why it would not have the imprimatur because oh, okay. her comments may not be. Her editions may not be as uh, reliable uh, as as the text itself. They may be, but we don't know that. That's why it doesn't have the imprimatur. So, um, if if I would say if the comments and exercises are helpful to you, go ahead and use that version. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, if not, okay. you can get a version without that. Okay. Um, also, because. Um uh, do I need to go to confession or anything before I I, I do the consecration? Um, because I haven't been to confession or communion since before the shutdown. And um, do, does it have to be around a Marian feast day in order to start or to finish no. it up on the feast day? No. Um, okay. It's 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 you do not have to go to confession. I would okay. really try to get to mass. I yes, would so really... I, well, I've been to Mass, though. Yes, I have been to Mass. But you haven't received the Eucharist. Okay. No, I have not. What a shame. Because I, I know I need to go to confession, and I will not receive without going to confession first. Well, if that's the case, then go to confession before you start the consecration. Okay. Norm- normally, you would need to do that. But if you're okay. withholding yourself from the Eucharist because you need to go to confession, go to confession. And then you start okay. the, you'll start the... Um, consecration with a free heart and you know you don't need to start on a special day but there are many marian feast days throughout the year and it's it's really encouraging to 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 plan it so that it ends on a particular feast day mine i've done that same consecration and mine is our our lady of sorrows that's my personal feast day september 15th so it's it's encouraging to do that and then every year you renew that consecration on that feast day, but it's not mandatory. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mother. You're welcome, Tracy. And, and I and I want to thank you for the items that that we received in in the mail through your through your through your group too. Please. Oh, very for the homeschooling items uh, and the Mary's homeschooling, outlets. but also yes, but also mm. we we had gotten the um uh the the, the video of uh. Oh, oh yes, yes. The, the one video that you had sent out um, uh, about, planned, about the one uh, from the unplanned, abortion. unplanned. Yeah. Yes. yes, yes. And if anyone's listening, um, we were donated uh, a huge amount of those videos, and we were able for anyone on our mailing list to send them out. If anyone would like the unplanned video, we have extra here, um, and so just let us know. You might send a little donation for postage if you wish but the the dvd will be is a dvd and it's absolutely free to you because it was free to us so you can uh, send us an email uh look at our website mother of israel's org, and we'll be happy to put that in the mail to you and if you have you want to give it to a daughter or um, 
uh, anybody, friend, uh, feel free to pass it around. Okay, God bless you, Tracy. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks. Bye. Um, um, let me see now. Um, I'm going to read this text, and normally it's a prayer request, and normally I wouldn't take prayer requests over the air because um, we would be flooded with prayer requests. We'd never get to questions about the faith. But I'm going to take this one because I think many people can um, benefit from it, and then I'll tell you where you can send prayer requests to us. So there's the music for our break right now, beloved. And when we come back, we'll have a little more than 10 minutes, um, and it will be our last segment. So again, you're free to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're going to get to every one of you. If we don't today, we'll pick up where we left off tomorrow. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked Him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what He has promised us, and what He'll give us through our trust in Him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful. If you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day, please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together, and you're welcome to call in again with anything on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. I'm just going to finish. I know we have Denise on the line. I'm just going to quickly read that prayer request um, anonymously. It was sent in, and it says, "Will you ask God to protect myself and my family from Satan's plan to?" To interfere and sabotage my family and my move to a new home. Amen. Yes, I will pray for that. And the reason I'm reading that is that if you are a family, it is Satan's plan to interfere with and sabotage every single family on the face of the earth. Our Lady told uh, Sister Lucia that the final battle will be for marriage and the family, and that's what's happening. Satan is is out to destroy the family. In everything you hear from the government, Marxism, Black Lives Matter, all this is has one aim, and that is to destroy the family. If you destroy the family, you destroy civilization, the church, everything else. So, yes, every single family needs those prayers. Denise in Toronto. Hi, dear one. Oh, hello, Mother Mario. Hi, Denise. Hey, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just, uh, I've got, spoken to you a couple of times in the past, um, I, I guess during the lockdown, and, um, you know, just about what, you know, my dis- distress or my worries about what was going on. And, yes. um, of course, I'm still, still, yeah, you know, looking at things. I remember, Denise, I know. We all are, but you need to just trust in God. He's sovereign. He's allowing it I all. Know. It's a chastisement for sure. Yes. I appreciate that. And the reason I'm calling is because during the lockdown, I read a book. It's called um, The Collected Works of Edith Stein. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, a collection of her letters. And it, I really loved it. It gave, you know, it gave such a good image, you know, an impression of who she really was. And, um, you know, I read it with a very heavy heart because... As each passing letter comes, I, I know that I'm coming closer to, you know, her, her death in yes. Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just, you know, as the time gets closer and closer, I'm feeling such sorrow. What I noticed, though, was, you know, she was she was writing, like, you know, initially, you know, she's writing to different people, colleagues, family, friends, religious people as well. And, um, you know, just in passing, she would say things like, for example, oh, my, you know, my two siblings now can't practice medicine because, um, you know, because of their Jews. And, um, and then, you know, in another letter, she says, oh, my, one of my brothers is going to the States and she's thinking, oh, no, he's, he shouldn't do that because he's got everything here. And a, a while, and maybe a year later, she's saying, oh, I'm really glad he's there with his family. And then eventually, you know, it's. Oh, for some. Okay. Denise. Did we drop you? Did we lose you? Okay, we did. All right, Denise. Um, uh, there was a technical problem on our end, dear one. So I'm so sorry. If you can hear me, Denise, uh, call us back, okay? Um, I'm so sorry about that. And I'm going to go on to an email and uh, take you next, all right, if you're able to call back. I'm so, I apologize. Um We have an email from Teresa, and Teresa says, I understand that abortion is wrong, that it's mortal sin. I want to know if you can be forgiven for this grave sin. Will God forgive? 
And what about what he said about murderers will not be in the kingdom? God bless Teresa. Teresa, God came to, came to forgive sin. And it's uh, the priest is there. Christ is there in the priest to forgive you from grave sin. Um, if it's mortal, grave, in order for it to be mortal, it has to be grave. And you have to have done it willfully, knowing that it's grave sin, and you weren't coerced or frightened into it. So at the time you had the abortion, if you did it knowingly, fully aware it was grave sin, and did it anyway, uh, then yes, then it's mortal sin. And of course you could be forgiven. Christ waits in the confessional to forgive you. When the priest says, I absolve you, it is Christ who forgives sins through the priest. And if you're, if our faith understood, if our eyes could see what our faith understood, we wouldn't even see the priest because it's Christ who says, I absolve you. Those are his words through the priest. When the priest says that to you, just picture Christ speaking to you because he is. So absolutely, he wants to forgive you. He will forgive you. And what he said about murderers, not slanderers, murderers, homosexuals, a whole a whole list of people that will not enter the kingdom of God, that is, if they go into the kingdom of God doing that. If a murderer repents and uh, confesses the sin and turns from his wicked ways, he's no longer a murderer. He has committed murder in the past for which he's been forgiven, but a murderer is someone who continues to murder uh, uh, on an ongoing basis. So, dear one, if you haven't been to confession about this, Teresa, go to confession and trust God that he will forgive you and that our, our sins are gone. They are gone. What we've done in the past is gone. Do we feel the effects of them? Of course we do. We need to live with that, but not. we don't need, uh, need to live with the consequences of unforgiven sin. No, that God waits to forgive you, dear one. Denise, you're back on the line. I am. <laughs> I apologize for that, sweetheart. I remember everything you said about reading Edith's sign and growing in sorrow as you, you know, read on in the book, knowing that she's uh, about to go uh, to her death in Auschwitz and all of that. But continue. Yeah. So I guess um, just in short, she she mentions, you know, just step by step, you know, the you know the rights of her, the Jews being taken away from them, like her mm-hmm. family couldn't practice, couldn't get jobs, um, right. and they're losing their property, and then they're you know trying to find other places to live. That happened and to me in Brooklyn, Denise, as a child. Did it? Did it really? Were, yep. I I was told uh, we don't hire Jews couldn't get a job oh and we had to move to a northern section where all the jews collected in, in this really? day and age i know it seems crazy oh, huh yeah. but much I, more I much that. more in edith stein's day go ahead go ahead yeah and so i guess like right now like you know what i well, while i'm reading this i was you know i was very much awake to what was happening with this virus and the you know the really what I call tyranny of the government in some ways, you know, what was, you know, being done to us people. And I was thinking, my goodness, like, I I just see it being, you know, like right now in Toronto, we have to wear masks, even though there's absolutely no evidence or no scientific reason given. We're just told 
wear a mask and you know you have to, in public places and everybody's obeying <laughs> like you know even three-year-old children are wearing masks and um, everybody's obeying without questioning anything people are turning each other in people are getting angry and i'm just wondering you know do you see the similarities and if so is there something we can do like did the jews ever get together afterwards you know and and think you know was there something we could have done <laughs> looking back to prevent this and is there mm. something we can learn from them oh wow that's uh, quite a thought um they did go silently <laughs> they did go silently and no one came to rescue them and they did go as sheep to the slaughter they did that's a bit of a mystery they did fight back warsaw ghetto uprising in many mm-hmm. cases but um uh I don't know that they're, they just would have been shot. And right now, what's happening is similar in the way that we're being controlled. And I mm-hmm. think the end is to do away with us. I think that. I'm making a huge statement I here. I, I think the end agree. is to do away with us. Masks can be as dangerous as helpful. Um, and we're not doing anything about it. Uh, the 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 horrifying thing is that the government has gone so far as to get people to turn one another in. That is satanic. That's satanic, and I think we need to be aware of it, Denise, and I think you're very astute on this. There's the ending music, beloved. I'm so sorry, but we'll speak with you all tomorrow.